Amen. Well, we are starting a new uh, sermon series today, and it's based on this book, Heaven is in This House, by Bobby Houston. And I know the church read through it many, many years ago, and uh, Pastor Greg kind of dug it out of a box, out of, out of some, some places uh, that he has books, and just felt like this was something that we wanted to talk about for this next couple of weeks, was heaven in this house. And so I'm going to actually start with a bit of a vision that God gave me a couple months ago. So in June, I had been especially seeking the Lord and asking him for a fresh revelation. And I see a lot of stuff uh, just in the spiritual, uh, lots of pictures and dreams and visions. And so I had been asking him for something new, something fresh. And this was about a week. And every single day, I just stayed so dedicated. I just kept asking him for a fresh picture, a fresh revelation. And then this one day, I was outside in our backyard. And I think it was during the heat wave, if I'm remembering correctly. And I was suntanning. And I love the sun. So I loved suntan. So I was out there, and I was listening to worship music. And I was just worshiping and singing singing uh, in tongues and just praying and just having this wonderful tender time with the Lord. And then I, I went spiritually, I could see this picture kind of unfolding before me. And so I wanted to share it with you. So what I could see was Jesus, and he was or, uh, just uh, wearing this incredible white and gold uh, outfit. It was just um, ornate. It was just beautiful. And, and he had this white turban on his head, and he had a crown that was on the turban. And Jesus was on an elephant, and it was a big elephant with these huge tusks. And Jesus was on the elephant, and behind him was a parade, a parade of animals. And there were camels and lions and horses and small animals and large animals and all of these animals that were behind Jesus in this parade. And the most incredible thing is that they were all worshiping Jesus. They were all making their animal sound. They were bowing and neighing and honking and hooting. And they were all making their worship sound to Jesus as he led them in this parade. It was so beautiful. And then uh, all of a sudden I could see all of these different kinds of animals that were like physical animals I've never seen here on earth before. Like there was um, like a cheetah that was flying and had wings. And there was an octopus kind of mixed with a jellyfish. And um, yeah, all these really wild and, and creative and different uh, creations that I had no context for. I had never seen this kind of creation before, and I, and I was trying to write down as quickly as I could to try and remember, right? There was a cow that, that had like the face of a beaver on it, and there was a peacock that had like an animal body, and it was just all of this like new creation. And, and Jesus took me underwater, and I saw a new creation underwater, and this whale that had these huge antennas, and it was just magnificent. It was magnificent. And I said to the Lord, I know, you're probably thinking, what was I smoking that day? I was not smoking <laughs> anything, no. <laughs> 
I actually think Pastor Greg actually asked me if I had been uh, smoking something. I had not. It was just, it was just magnificent. And if you know me, you know I, I'm, I'm a bit exuberant and I'm a bit creative. And so I just, I loved this picture. And I said to the Lord, like, is this a picture of heaven? Is this another world somewhere? Like, what is this? And, and he said to me, why do you assume I stopped creating? I am a creative God. Just like you love to create something new all the time, so do I. You take after me, God said. And then he said, no matter how much technology advances, the more that you can see into the universe, you will never see it all. Because I am a creative God, and I will never stop creating. It's in my nature to create. Isn't that beautiful? Now, I, I don't know if that was a picture of heaven. I have no idea. But dang, it was stunning. See, the next part of what happened is that, is that there was this parade, right? All these animals. And then I saw Jesus go up, and he was in the sky. And his face turned as bright as the sun. His face turned into light. It was just absolutely glorious and gorgeous. And he said to me, Psalm 96. And I can't read it all to you, but I just want to read tiny little bits of it. So if you can just read this at, at home afterwards, it's just so incredible. He says, go ahead, sing your new song to the Lord. Sing your new song to the Lord. Can anyone say amen? Anyone here? Amen. Sing your new song to the Lord. Let everyone in every language sing him a new song. Don't stop singing, it says. Make his name famous. Tell everyone every day how wonderful he is, the good news of our Savior. Tell everyone of his glory. Take his message out to the world. For the Lord's greatness is beyond description. And he deserves all the praise that comes to him. He is our King God, and it's right to be in holy awe of him. Wow. Wow. Right? Now, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that was a picture of heaven, but it was magnificent. And, and I know that when I think about heaven or somebody asks me, you know, what does heaven look like? It's beyond description. It's kind of like the pictures of those different animals. It was beyond description. I could barely try to keep up with the combinations and, and try to put some context to the way that things looked in that picture that God gave me. And heaven is the same. It's beyond description. It has no flaw. It has no sin. There's no pain. It's beyond breathtaking. And John says in Revelation 21, he gives us a little, some glimpses. There's some glimpses in scripture that kind of give us a bit of a foreshadowing of what we can expect. And he says, then in a vision, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and earth had passed away. The sea no longer existed. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, descending out of the heavenly realm from the presence of God, like a pleasing bride that had been prepared for her husband, adorned for her wedding. And I heard, and this is my favorite part, and I heard a thunderous voice from the throne saying, look, 
God's tabernacle is with human beings. And from now on, he will tabernacle with them as their God. Now God himself will have his home with them. That's you. God's like, I want to have my home with my people. That's you. God with them will be their God. You see, what this scripture teaches me is that it's not about the materials or the structure or the location of heaven, but the who. It's about the who, right? Who we are going to share it with. And God says that he wants to tabernacle with you. He chooses you. He wants that relationship with you. He wants to dwell with you. Emmanuel, God with us. You see, heaven isn't so much about the house, it's the host. It's about the host. It isn't the location, it's the Lord. Amen? Amen. It isn't the address, but the Adonai, right? It isn't the kingdom, it's the king of kings. It isn't the pieces, but the prince of peace right? To describe heaven and the beauty and majestic aesthetics of it is like taking a canvas that an artist has created but not letting you see the paint, (laughs) right? It's not about the canvas or the paint, it's about the one that created it, right? Heaven isn't just about the beauty, it's about the constant presence of Jesus Christ the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's what heaven is about. It's the healing light of God's presence. And we know that God's presence heals our iniquities, doesn't it? God's presence forgives us of our inadequacies, doesn't it? God's presence fills up the emptiness in our heart so that we are whole. And you know, when some people think of heaven, I think they, you know, they kind of have this idea and this joy that, that they'll see, you know, they might see their family members again one day in heaven. And um, I just, I want to just say, your salvation is not dependent on who's gone before you right? Your salvation, your place in eternity is based on you having a relationship and walking through the narrow gate of Jesus Christ. That's how we find a place in eternity. It's not like kindergarten where our best friend gets to save us a seat seat on the back of the bus, right? And they get to save us a spot. Heaven's not like that. The only one saving you a spot is Jesus Christ, And you got to know him for him to save you a spot. The other thing that people think about, I think, when they think of heaven is that there's going to be no pain and there's going to be no sin and it's going to be fair and, you know, everyone's going to follow the rules. So if you really like rules, you're like, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. Everybody follows the rules and it's just and, and it's a, it's, there's no suffering, right? There's no crying. There's no hurt. And these, these are wonderful benefits to eternal life. But the main point, guys, oh, beloved church, the main event is God. That's the main event. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you see, it's about us experiencing his presence, all right? More than his presence. And I'm thinking of gifts, right? So we're not just seeking after all that God can give us, 
right? The gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. No, 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 it's not those kinds of presence. It's God's presence in its fullness, in its majesty. Why? Because there is no one like him. There is no one like him. We just sang it. You see, King David talks about heaven in Psalm 16, verse 11. And he says, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Right? David is a man after God's own heart. Right? What was he after? He was after God's own heart. And what is he after? Is he about the location or the address, the materials, what it's going to look like? No, no, no. He's about the presence of God. That's his heart's desire. That's what he wants, is the presence of God. So heaven isn't just about the beauty. It's about the presence of Jesus Christ, the Father and the Holy Spirit. And so you might be, maybe you're thinking, and I was thinking, okay, so can I have some of heaven here on earth now? Well, it's one of these questions I think that is a yes and a no, all right? And so let me explain why. So yes, because we can receive the Holy Spirit, right? In his fullness, the presence of God, the gift of the comforter we can receive to us now. And anyone agree with that? Yes, yes, right? We receive the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is present here and absolutely in our worship, right? That, that's the comforter, the Holy Spirit. So we can receive that now. And so what is heaven? Well, it's the abundant presence of God, right? It's, that's what it is. So, but because we live in a broken world and not a perfect heaven, we get distracted, right? And there's things that can kind of blur or bring God out of focus for us, right? Like we're all focused here at church. We're like all excited and I'm like, in his presence! And he's just like, holy, holy, holy! Worship, worship, worship! And then I leave here and I gotta go get groceries. <laughs> and I gotta put my mask on. And I gotta go up and down the aisles, right? And so I, I am still in God's presence, because the word says he will never leave us or forsake us. So I'm still in his presence, but am I connected to him? He's connected to me, right? That never leaves, but am I connected to him? Well, no, right? I'm distracted. It's like my focus on God is blurred. It comes out of focus. If you love food, let me explain it to you this way, okay? So my husband loved this analogy last night. Yeah, he thought it was really great. So because he said he loves food. So do I especially chocolate we should like put this in the context of chocolate so if I eat food three times a day that's going to be how I keep my body healthy and sustained uh, so that I can function and so that I can live right is I have to eat three meals a day or however many that you eat okay so it's like that with God I have to keep eating his presence to keep me full while I'm here on earth right? But one day when I get to heaven, I'm going to eat one meal at the banqueting table with my Lord and King, and I'm going to be full for the rest of the time, right? For the rest of eternity, I'm going to be full. But while I'm here on earth, I have to keep eating to keep my body functioning. I have to keep eating of God's presence, right? I have to keep pursuing it and chasing after it and connecting to God's presence, so can I have heaven in this house? I say yes, because I can have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God in my life. 
Can I have heaven in my home? Yes, because I can invite the Holy Spirit to come in and his presence to just inhabit, to live in my home. Can I have heaven in my heart? Absolutely, because I invite the Holy Spirit in. But does that make sense? The food thing? Yeah? Does that help? Okay. I can answer your question at the end of the service, but awesome. I'm so glad you're listening and you're paying attention and you're questioning it. That's so good. So to understand how we connect more to God, we need to understand a few things. And I almost feel like you need to like put a seatbelt on because we're going to get deep here, okay? So if you're not quite awake and you're feeling a little warm, you need to like, okay, yeah, like, you know, we're going deep here, okay? So hang on. But this is really cool. I think, I think you're going to really love this, and it's going to help you understand um, uh, how we connect more to God. So the, I'm going to make two points. The first one is walking in spiritual authority, and the second one is being clothed with power from on high. So the first one, walking in spiritual authority. So I'm going to explain it like this. God has all power and authority. And I love Pastor Greg was talking in communion today about how he forgives all, right? He has power and authority to forgive all. God has all power and authority. So I want you to imagine power is on this side, and this is the capacity to follow, the capacity to follow, to fulfill, all right? And authority is on this side, which is the right, okay? So authority is given by someone to you. So we don't just take authority, and if we do, you know, it doesn't usually go very well. If I just said to Greg, like, that's it, I'm taking the authority of leading the church, I think there'd be a few problems, right? But he's given me authority to lead in the areas where I lead, okay? So there's power and capacity, and then there's authority and right, all right? So God has all power and authority, and he created everything, and he created the trees and the animals and the birds and the universe. It's all his design. It's all his creation, and he says it is good. But here's something he doesn't say. He doesn't say it was created in the image of God right? We know this from Genesis 1.27. God created man and women in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So God created everything, has power and authority over everything, right? And he said these things were good that he created, but then there were specific humans that were the only ones that received the image of God. All right, you're tracking? You're awake? You're good? Okay. So angels were created by God, all right? But they were not created in the image of God, all right? They have power and capacity, which is over here, capacity to do things, right? To fulfill the will of God, right? God sends them out. Every once in a while, he gives a bit of authority to the angels to be able to go and to intervene and to do the work of God. But they don't have authority on their own. They're over here, power and capacity, right? They're not created in the image of God. But who is created in the image of God? You are. So when an angel over here has power and authority and wants to walk, oh, sorry, power and capacity, you got to get that right, power and capacity over here, and an angel tries to walk over here and take authority, it doesn't go well. 
And that's the example of Lucifer from the Bible, all right? So Lucifer's name means morning star, and he was an angel, and he was anointed and ordained by God, it says in Ezekiel 28, okay? So they were created by God, all of the angels, Lucifer included, to do the works of God, but they were not created in the image of God. Who's created in the image of God? You are. You guys are awesome. You're like tracking. Good coffee this morning. Okay, so angels have to be given authority. They can't just take it, right? But Lucifer, he thought he was the bomb.com. He was beautiful, the scripture says. And so he wants to walk across and take authority. God has not given it to him. God did not create him in the image of himself. And he has not given him authority. And so the angel Lucifer walks across and tries to take the authority. Now here's one of the reasons why Lucifer hates you so much. You have what he wants. He wants the image of God. And you have the image of God because God created you in his image. And Lucifer comes across and he's like, no, 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 I don't want to bow to God, Lord God. I want to be a God. And and of course, God says no, and he throws him out of heaven. The, The angel, Michael angel, throws him out of heaven, and a third of the angels go with Lucifer, and they become the demons, and and God changes his name to Satan, which is accuser. Now that accuser is chasing after you, why? Because you have the image of God. You have what he wants. You were created in God's image. Isn't that incredible? So the next question you might ask then is, okay, so God has all power and authority, and we're created in his image. So how much authority and power do we have as people? We understand the angels, but what about us? How much power and authority do we have? What level of power and authority do we have? Well, we know that we are made in the image of God, but we're not God. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Could you imagine if I was God? (laughs) It would be a mess. (laughs) It would be a lot of sparkles and paint everywhere, but it would be messy. It would not be great. So praise him that his plan is he's the only one, and yet we're made in his image. We're a reflection of his heart and the goodness and the qualities and characteristics of God, and that's pretty incredible. I'll take it all. I'll take it all, Jesus. I want it all. I want all of you. So how much power and authority do we have? Well, Luke 9.11 says that Jesus called the 12 disciples together and he gave them all power and authority over demons and to cure diseases. How much power and authority do you have? All, all power and authority. Then he says in Matthew 28, 18, Jesus comes, and this is after he's died, he's resurrected, and he says to his disciples, I've been given all authority, and in the Amplified it says, all power and authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go make disciples, go baptize, go tell the world, and I'm giving you all of my power and authority. Did you know that? 
did you know you walk in the power and authority of Jesus Christ? And there's so many more scriptures about this. I hope that you'll, like, this has hooked your heart. And you're going to go home today and this week and, like, study some more about what is your authority in Christ. You see, we have all power and authority in the spiritual. So I want you to turn to the person beside you. And if you're online, I want you to type in the chat and say, you have all power and authority. Okay, now I want you to turn to the person beside you and say, I have all power and authority. <laughs> Woo! This is good stuff, right? Okay, okay, but don't let it get to your head. Don't let it get to your head, you guys. Okay, so we know <laughs> that you and I, we have all power and authority. And man, if you, if you want some homework, go to Romans 8. Man, this is just like meat. I feel like I'm eating a steak dinner and I love it. I love steak. I love steak dinner. So if you go to Romans 8, 37... It says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So you have all power and authority in the spiritual because of Jesus Christ. And now he's saying to you, you also are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loves you. You are more than a conqueror. And you know, I think on... On some days, I'd like to just be the conqueror. <laughs> like, I wouldn't mind just, like, having the battle, right? Like, you know, sometimes you're just having those days and you feel a little feisty. You're just like, I want to conquer something, right? Like, I just want to be a conqueror. I just want to be a warrior. I can barely even hold my hands right if I was to get in a fight. I wouldn't even know how to do it. But I just, you know, you just feel feisty sometimes, right? Well, God is saying that you are more than a conqueror. It's just, it's so, it's so incredible. Okay, I have an example to help you understand this. So, Julia Roberts. Does anyone know who Julia Roberts is here in this room, right? Yeah, exactly. She is one of the world's most influential and famous actresses, right? She's one of my favorites. Now, when Julia Roberts does a movie or an appearance or an advertisement, she gets paid the big bucks, right? She gets the big, big check. Julia Roberts is worth about $250 million, right? Like she has conquered the entertainment industry. Well, she's married to this super great guy, Daniel Motor, and he is not a famous actor. He's the camera guy. He's the cinematographer, and I'm sure he's really cool and awesome. Well, the thing about Daniel is that he likes to surf, okay? He likes to surf. Well, Julia splurges to lavishly love her husband and her family, and she takes them all on a week-long vacation to a remote island where she rents the whole island so the friends and family can all go surfing together. Julia has also splurged and bought her husband, Daniel, a $6 million Malibu beach house so that he can surf whenever he wants to surf. He doesn't have to share the beach. It's his beach, right? 
Julia has conquered the entertainment industry and her husband gets the benefit. He gets to live out of the victorious blessing of what Julia has done and how she has conquered. Well, guess what, guys? You live out of the victorious blessing of Jesus Christ. I I need to hear more of a response, (laughs) right? You don't have to fight like Jesus did. You don't have to try and live a sinless life. You you don't have to be mocked and beaten and and whipped and put to death unjustly and and go and conquer sin and death and, and fight it and be resurrected. You don't have to do that because Jesus did it for you. He conquered sin and death for you. Right? Oh boy, I'm so fired up. He conquered sin and death, right? For every single one of us. We live out of the victorious blessing of what Jesus has conquered for us. So that's why we get to say we are more than. We don't have to be the conqueror. We don't have to fight the battle, right? We don't have to let the past and the struggles and the hurts of the world define or shape who we are because we are more than. I need you to turn to the person beside you and say, I am more than. And if you're online, I hope you're putting in the chat, I am more than. I am more than because of what Jesus Christ has done. So, Here's my question. What are you doing with the victory that you already have? Hey, the victory has been won. The battle is over. You are victorious. You are more than. So what are you doing with the victory that God has given you, right? Are you telling other people about his goodness and his grace, about his blessing, Are you praying fervently for others? Are you asking for healings, for miracles, for salvation, right? Yes, we are victorious. So what are we we doing with the victory that God has given to us? You see, I want heaven in this house. And God wants heaven in this house, right? In my heart and in your heart, we want his presence. We want him to infuse us with his presence. And it's so good for us to know who we are, that we have all power and authority, that we are more than because of Jesus Christ. The next point I want to go to is that when I'm chasing God's presence, that Uh, It's a place where I am being clothed with power from on high. I want power from on high. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not satisfied living a small life. I want the power that it talks about from Luke 24, 49. Jesus says to the disciples, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed. Say it with me with power from on high. Let's say that last line again. You have been clothed with power from on high. And what is the power from on high? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the magnificent counselor. 
It's the gift from Jesus. You see, God looks at us as his image bearers. He's imprinted and created and pressed his image in you. It's not just even on you. It's like in you. You are made in the image of God. But God's like, they're messy. They won't know what to do with it. <laughs> if they have all power and authority, and if they're more than, they're just, they're going to make a mess. They will not know what to do with this. They will not know how to walk in all power and authority without hurting somebody. So I am going to give them the Holy Spirit, and they will be clothed with power from on high. You are clothed with power from on high. And when we are clothed in the Holy Spirit, we can do greater. And it says in John 14 that the person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles um, than me because I go to be with my Father. You are called. Jesus is actually anticipating. He's expecting. He wants you to do greater than what he did. He's not like in some competition. He's like, no, no, no. My beloved, I, I created you with the image of God. Go and do greater than what I did. Step into your victory. I didn't do it so that it would fall flat. I did it because I want you to live free and victorious in my name. And so my heart's desire is to be filled with the spirit of greater. And so how does that translate here in this house and in this church? Well, one way is through fellowship. And fellowship seems like a really old-fashioned word. And Dwayne and I were talking about it. Like, where do you actually hear people talk about fellowship, right? Like, even us, we're not like, hey, dude, you like, you want to come over in the backyard and have some fellowship? You know, like, want to go for coffee and fellowship? Like, it's definitely a churchy word that we use, right? But man, it has power and significance and Bobby Houston says in this book, Heaven is in this house, that fellowship literally means sharing, unity, close association, participation, and partnership. And the Strong's Dictionary defines it as, it's a, and Strong's Dictionary, okay? So it says, it's a cementing together of God's people and it is something that's only brought about by the Holy Spirit. So the one that clothes you with power from on high cements you to the other people in God's family, right? So if you want the full impact, the full dynamic, the full package of life where you're experiencing God's blessing and, and participating in it, you need to be a part of a community that is focused on the presence of God, focused on being cemented together by the Holy Spirit, right? There's lots of places, there's lots of different groups and communities where you can have uh, great purposes, great causes, great people. You can feel fulfilled in those things. But to receive the full blessing, 
The full benefit, the full expression of God is to do that in the context of a group of people that are chasing after the presence of God. When we are cementing here together. So if you came to church and just thought, I'm just coming here to, to get something. I'm just coming here to sit or I'm just coming here to show off my new outfit. I'm just coming here because the coffee is really awesome. I'm just coming here to get an hour away from my kids. It, it, it isn't that. It's the cementing together through the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that makes us God's family. And we are cemented together through him. And so I want you to turn to the person beside you. And I want you to say, I'm cemented to you in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Okay, now I want you to turn to the person on the other side and say, I'm cemented to you in the Holy Spirit. (laughs) see why why are we cemented together why do we need this because we help each other understand our identity in Christ when we are in community right we need to learn how to operate in all power and authority right if I'm like walking around like I can do greater get out of my way because I can do greater pastor Kimmy I just left church and I'm on my way to the grocery store you get out of my way because I can do greater right some people are going to get hurt (laughs) you know you might just you know uh, I'm not so into like offending and you know but you're, you're gonna hurt some people right if you go and if you start doing something like that so that's why we need each other We cement together in the Holy Spirit so that we can teach each other what it looks like to have all power and authority, so that we can teach each other what it looks like to be more than conquerors, so that when I come to my friend and I'm like feeling like a a total dork because of something stupid that I've done, my friend can remind me, hey, 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 you are more than You're more than. And maybe in that moment, I'm not remembering that. But together in community, we're cemented with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so we remind each other of the goodness of God. And if we want to be healthy family, and I want to be a healthy family. I don't want to be a part of a dysfunctional church. Nobody does, right? Nobody does. Then we need to communicate well. If we offend somebody, we go and correct it and we ask for forgiveness. You see, you have all power and authority. Guess what? You have all power and authority to humble yourself and go and say sorry to the person that you've offended. So don't just think all power and authority is about, you know, out spiritual gifts, operation. Oh, no, no, no. It's the heart. God looks after the heart of man and woman. That's what he wants to transform is your heart, right? So when we have a conflict, beloved church, as a healthy family, we go and work it out. We step into forgiveness. We step into healing. You have all power and authority to forgive and to ask to be forgiven. You have all power and authority to to not be stubborn and unteachable. (laughs) Why? Because we are more than conquerors. We don't have a battle between us to fight. Jesus has already defeated. He's already won the battle. He's already given you the victory. 
So we have compassion for one another. We have a listening ear. We have accountability. We give each other a swift kick of motivation when we need it. Why? Because we're created in the image of God and we are more than. We are cemented together in all power and authority from Jesus Christ and God our Father and the precious Counselor, our Holy Spirit. So if there's a Bible study, you get there. Why? Because you're going to learn how to walk and operate in who God is in your life. If there's a prayer event, you get there. Why? Because you're going to learn how to walk out life with Jesus Christ. If there's a connect group, you get there. Why? (laughs) Because it's the Holy Spirit that wants to cement you to other people so that you would be open and teachable and understand how to walk in all power and authority, how to be more than a conqueror. If there's on-ramp, you get there. There's 27 people coming to on-ramp today. You get there, right? You get there. If you're not volunteering at church yet, you get there. If you've got kids, you get them to kids' ministry. If you've got youth, you get them to youth ministry. You know, interestingly enough, this Tuesday night, we're starting a Bible study called Intimacy with Christ. I'm just saying, you need to get there. Do you need to get there? You need to get there. Because we, as a community, are cemented together so that we can grow and learn And have more of heaven in this house. More of God's presence in this house. In this heart and in this home. Now I'm going to ask you to respond. But I'm going to say it first. I don't want to trick you. So don't be like, whoa, I'm just responding. Whatever she says. And then afterwards you're like, oh dang it. (laughs) Whoops. But I want to ask you if you would respond. By standing. If you are saying in agreement with me. That I commit to being a healthy functioning part of the body of Christ, of this church family. And if you want to stay unhealthy, stay seated. (laughs) I'm so glad to see you all standing. It's kind of awkward. Like if you didn't stand right now, everybody would be like, whoa, look at this. Unhealthy over there. I love it. I'm so glad that you want to respond. I'm going to ask uh, if you would just pray with me as we close. Oh, God, we thank you so much that heaven, it isn't the position, it's about your perfection, God. That it isn't the sight, that it's about how supreme you are. That it isn't about the whereabouts, it's about the Yahweh. Oh, it isn't the house, it's the host. It isn't the location, it's the Lord. It isn't the address, it's the Adonai. We want more of your presence, Lord God. And I'm just going to make a few confessions, and if you want to just share these with with God, I just felt like there was a few things to confess today. I just want to confess, Jesus, that I've taken my brothers and sisters for granted And I want to be cemented to them in the Holy Spirit. God, I want to be fiercely loyal to the body of Christ. I want to be the one who first stands up and says, Oh, no, 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 no. I am protecting my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I am fiercely loyal to them. And so I confess that I haven't always been. And God, I pray that you would forgive me and transform my heart 
that I would be fiercely loyal and committed and cemented to the people in this house. And I confess, Jesus, that I have not always been open and teachable. Oh boy, I confess. And I want to be humble. I want to be humble and shapeable and movable in your spirit and cemented to the people around me in the Holy Spirit. And I feel like there's conflict that's unresolved in this room. And I just want us to confess, God, I am sorry that I am in conflict. And you can name the person because you know who they are. And the Holy Spirit is so good and tender at speaking to us. Who is it that we are in conflict with that we need to lovingly go and work it out? And I confess it to you, Jesus. I want to be cemented in your Holy Spirit. God, I want your presence. I am miserable without you. I am hopeless without you. I am homeless without you. I am despairing without you, Lord God. Would you come? Would you fill this place? Would you inject in us, infuse in us again and again, Lord God, your glorious and perfect presence? It never leaves us unsatisfied. <laughs> it never leaves us tasteless, Lord God. We just welcome you. We just say, come and have your way, Lord God. Yes, Jesus. We just want more of you, more of your spirit, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Take our confessions, Lord God, and, and have your way. Have your way in my heart, in my words, in my actions, in my responses, Lord God. Have your way. I am an image bearer of God. And so, God, come and have your way in my heart and transform me so that I look more and more like you. Let heaven be at home in my heart. Yes, in Jesus' name, amen.